Welcome to Harvest to Pour, the business of beverages, with your host, Matthew Schiff. This is the podcast for all of those who are involved in the agriculture all the way to the distribution of beverages. And now your host, Matthew Schiff. Hello, this is Matthew Shipp from Harvest of Poor, the business of beverages. I am here today with Friendship Brewery. I'm here with four of the brewers, uh, Griff, Kyle, Sean, and Jake. Welcome to the show, guys. So first off, uh, Griff, would you like to let us know a little bit about uh, Friendship and some of, its, uh, some of its history and why it came into, came into well, what it is today? Yeah, so basically, um, just like most breweries out there, uh, we all started... Uh, as home brewers, and it was the idea of Brian Nolan that he really wanted to open up a brewery. He wanted to open it up in Wentzville, which is his hometown, and and so he was looking for buildings to buy and bought some real estate, purchased it at 100 Pittman Avenue, where we are today, our original location. He purchased that, got a couple of uh, his buddies who were home brewers and stuff, got them together and everything, and then decided, you know, hey, Let's uh, let's fix this place up. And let's open it as a brewery. So that that's kind of how it came to be. Right. How many locations do you have now? Uh, we've got two and a third one that we're working on. Okay. Um, so we uh, bought Mark Twain Brewing, and we're currently right now doing a renovation of the building, and hopefully we can open that up in August. Two locations that are open right now are Pittman in Wentzville and then Flint Hill, our okay. production facility. Nice. All right. Yes have some uh, award-winning beers. Uh, tell us about how that came to be as well. <laughs> Do it. <You> told me. <laughs> well, you have the best in St. Charles. I, I was, that was... Oh, so, yeah, the brewery itself, yes. Um, so we, we, uh, we've, we've actually been voted the best brewery in St. Charles every year that we've been open. Okay. And every year that they've had it. They, they didn't do it during the pandemic, obviously, because... There was a lot of closure and stuff like that, but as soon as uh, they started doing it again, we won it again here in 2023. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're uh, we're kind of undefeated in that that realm. That's awesome. Yeah. What makes you feel that you've uh, you're you're constantly winning? What, what, what consistency? I I think you know a lot of it has to do with really the culture that we have that's behind friendship. Having you know great product is one thing. You can have the best beer on the planet. But if you don't have the service, and make no mistake, we, we brew beer for a living, but yeah, we're in the customer service business. And so making sure that our customers are taken care of and having just repeat customers and everything is really what's kind of driven that. Okay. Great. Thanks. So I got a question for all four of you. Obviously, uh, we're actually, if you set the stage, we are sitting above the bar and the brewery. So if you do hear some uh, noises coming through, you are in the thick of it here at uh, Friendship. Uh, what what really inspired you to be a brewer here at Friendship? Well, this is for all four of you guys. So for me, it was really because three of my best friends all had decided that they were going to brew here, mm-hmm. and so those those three then said, "Hey, you know, you ought to join us, you know, and and come bring your recipes and join." And so I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I like home brewing, but I don't know. The whole commercial thing, I got a real job during the day, and I'm not so sure I want to do this. And then uh, they, they kind of talked me into it. So that's kind of how I came to be. So I started just uh, shortly before we ever opened our other location by working there, helping to brew beer and get things started. Cool. So, um, and over to Kyle? 
You want to Kyle? Yeah. Let's start with Kyle. You said like this? Yeah, you're fine. All right. Thanks. I work out. <clears throat> Actually, I started uh, busing with Friendship as a second job when I was working at another facility, another place, and just running around. I always did want to work in a brewery. I actually had a podcast for a while, and I spoke with Sean a couple of times saying, hey, if you ever need any help in the back, let me know. Anything at all, I'd be happy to do it. And so he gave me a shot, and I started uh, started helping out, cleaning kegs, brewing, and uh, honestly, it's just been great. I like the, the atmosphere. It's a friendly place, forgive the pun, and um, I, I like our customers, I like our beer, so it's just been, I actually didn't really do much homebrewing before. I just bust and then got into the brewing and loving it since. Liking it? You caught the bug? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. As long as I can, I'll be brewing. Cool. All right, Sean, uh, why do you like brewing here? Um, so, I've been, I've been brewing for, professionally for about 15 years, well, at that time, 12 years. And the brewery I was at before, I didn't feel like I was able to grow and kind of move forward as a brewer. Just kind of felt stagnant, kind of felt stuck. And I've known the guys, you know, Mike, Brian, Bobby, and the boys. And I heard that they needed help in the brewery. So I, I came up to Friendship, talked to Brian, and he's like, when can you start? And just kind of snowballed from there. Just I'd always known the guys, seen them at Fest, and they're a lot of fun to be around. Sounded like they really wanted to take the next step and grow the business and and really move forward as a uh, brewery and as a uh, as a business and I just I just couldn't walk away from it like awesome. it was too good of an opportunity too cool dudes to work with so kind of went from there. All right, great. And uh, Jake, so why do you like working here as a brewer? Why do I like working here, or why did I start here? Oh, why? What what got you here? What what's keeping you here? Uh, what got me started here is I, I actually have a brewery in planning and, uh, I was trying to secure a trademark and COVID kind of messed all that up. So, uh, I approached Brian Nolan, the, uh, one of the owners about helping me out with the, uh, trademark and he had no problem helping me out with that. And I mentioned that if there was any, um, help they needed up here, I'd be happy to chip in. And he's like, Sean gave me a call like a week later and. I started, that was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and been here ever since, so. Great. Great. Thanks a lot. That's good stories. And so, oh, yeah, speaking of, talked to a couple people talking about friendship and stuff, and I think Kyle quoted on it. Uh, why the name friendship? Any of you guys can answer that. So, actually, it was it was the idea of, of Brian Nolan and a, and a buddy of his from college. And they uh, they always said that whenever they started a brewery, they were going to call it Friendship. And But there was a problem with that. And the problem was that there was a beer out there called Friendship Beer that was done by Green Flash. It was a collaboration between two breweries. And so there was a beer with that name on it. And Brian didn't want to start a brewery with a name that he was going to have to change later. And he really wanted to keep the Friendship name. So he ended up going out to San Diego and meeting with the owners of Green Flash 
and asking them, please don't sue me if I use this name. Well, they, they actually hosted him. He got to stay at their house and the whole bit. And, and Mike and his wife, who owned Green Flash at the time, became really good friends with Brian. And so they they basically said, I'll sign whatever document you have. You can have the name. I just want you to send me a case of beer, you know, uh, awesome. whenever you get your brewery up and going and stuff. So that that's how they ended up uh, getting the name and getting it clear from uh, any lawsuits. <laughs> wonder how many deals have been brokered over a case of beer in the, in the history. <laughs> Awesome. So, uh, also speaking of Brian, um, he mentioned a, I read a quote from him that he said the encouragement of friends to go big, make that leap from home brewing to commercial brewing and thereby serving a community and region that he loves just made sense. How has that affected the success here at Friendship Brewing? Well, for one thing, I mean, we, we almost, we, we joke a lot that we're going to get t-shirts that may, that say, you know, Brian Nolan, so do we. Because everybody that comes into the brewery, they're always like, I know Brian Nolan. Like, really? Uh, Who in Winsville doesn't know him? So Brian grew up in the community. He's been very active in the community. His, you know, mom and dad are from the community. His grandfather owned the farm out there that uh, is now Quail Ridge Park. Uh, That used to be his grandfather's farm, and he donated it to the county. So there's a lot of history, a lot of roots tied to uh, Wentzville. So it only made sense that he opened the brewery in Wentzville and that we support the community. And so right now we do things like Red 98, which is like Station 98's beer for the fire department that we do. Uh, we make that. As a matter of fact, that's just going on tap, right? So we're, we're getting ready to tap that again. It's very popular beer. And we do something called Blue 1019 for the police department. And so uh, we're very active in the community with everything else. I mean, you know, churches, you know, all the institutions within the community and stuff. We try and involve ourselves as much as we can, because if you're not supporting your community, your community is not supporting you. And so that's that that holds true. As far as the statement that Brian gave about the leap from home brewing to commercial brewing, it really scared me to death, you know, to try and brew on something that was bigger than my home system. But, you know, with with a little patience and encouragement, we all kind of learned how to do it. And uh, when we brought Sean in, that was like that was like the highlight because we're like, hey, this guy knows how to commercially brew. Uh, he's been, you know, classically cha- uh, trained and everything. So uh, we said he's just going to take these beers and make them much better than which he has. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, then, um, as a brewer, what are some of the uh, general challenges faced here? Uh, uh, Brewing, uh, friendship, and how do you overcome some of them? Here specifically, mm-hmm. with the new facility at uh, Flint Hill, biggest thing is just kind of dialing in, learning a new system. We've been brewing beers at Pittman for, what, four or five years? So we, that was a known quantity. We, we knew how to make good beer, make Pittman Pale Ale, Pittman Pale Ale, Big Nose, Big Nose, Heffy, Heffy, and so on and so forth. But scaling it up, just hitting those beers and making making Pittman Pittman at a different location, you know, having that consistency across brands, there's a little bit of a learning curve there. But, I mean, all I, I think I can speak for everyone. We feel like with this new setup, we're even taking the beers to even a newer uh, newer heights, okay. even better. Like, we, we feel like we're hitting consistency and quality much easier at this point. But, again, at the beginning, there's a little bit of a learning curve kind of breaking in a new system. Okay. Are there any uh, current challenges you're facing right now that – working on overcoming uh the biggest thing is just we have two locations we're expanding distribution it's getting used to 
brewing enough beer and just kind of forecasting and making sure, you know, all our brands are staying on and we're taking care of our customers. So it's really just trying not to run out of beer. Great problem to have. <laughs> um, okay. So since we're uh, moving, I want to move on to the, uh, really the crux of, well, what the show's named after. I'm really curious about that journey from your uh, harvest, where you're sourcing your materials, how you're sourcing your materials to the creativity of, I, I looking down and I see and how many, uh, um, beers you have available right now on the, uh, on the bar. It's a lot. Uh, and just, you know, how you, how you get come to this, what do you do? What's that process of taking what you're sourcing, how you how you, how are you creative with it? And how do you, uh, really you know, test it with your audience, with your customer base? Um, the sourcing, uh, a lot of it, you know, we're buying our grains and our hops from brokers. So, you know, it might be a U.S. company, but they'll handle imported grains, you know, from the United Kingdom, from Germany, so on and so forth. A lot of the grains grown in Canada. So I guess as far as sourcing, if we're making a German lager beer, we're mm-hmm. going to buy German raw material. We're going to buy that Pilsner malt. We're going to buy that Munich malt. We're, we're going to try to make an authentic German beer with German ingredients. So, I mean, it really comes down to what what are we trying to create? If we're trying to make a traditional English beer, we're going to use English ingredients, English yeast, you know, try to build our water to taste, you know, be what you would expect out of London or so on and so forth. So I guess the sourcing starts from what are we trying to create? And then we go to our brokers and purchase that raw material that fits that style. That's very interesting. You said build the water. Can you go more than that? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is just adding various salts, basically. Okay. So say, so X city has really hard water, a lot of chloride. Mm-hmm. We would add salts to try to create that mineral profile in the water, which okay. greatly affects how the beer comes out. Like it's kind of an overlooked raw material, but water is key and central to the you know quality of the beer and how it, it turns out. And so you also are trying to match that water to the type of beer you're making as well. Correct. So wow. Okay. Yeah. So how much research goes into this before you even start making beer? Uh, I mean, it really depends. Yeah. Sometimes a little. Sometimes we kind of labor over quite a bit and okay. uh, kind of dig deep. So it really, like making American IPA and things like that, we pretty much know what we're doing. And it's mm. pretty easy. But if we're trying to create a historical style, there's going to be a lot more like kind of digging into it because there's a lot of unknowns there. Okay. Jacob, you're shaking your head. Is there anything you want to add to that, that creativity? Since we're going to go move into how you get creative with that, make it, you know, it might be a German beer, it might be a um, English beer, but how do you make it yours? So I was just thinking that Kyle, Sean, and I, we, we talk beer every single day. Uh, any of the uh, recipes we're coming up with, I, I do think we put a lot of effort into researching them, even if it is a simple IPA or anything like that. We'll, we'll sit around and talk about it, and it's very important to us. I, that's that's all I was shaking my head to is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, going in further, so you guys are you guys are having your your meetings about like how you're going to take it, but how how do you make it? I guess really your own. So it's just it's it's friendship's German lager, not somebody else's German lager. Because I, I the the beauty of this craft beer is so many people are in it right now, but everybody makes something unique, uniquely theirs. How do you get there? Uh that's a, it's a tough question to, to answer. I think that for for us, it's uh, I would say it's because it's us brewing it. We hold ourselves to a very high standard of uh, just checking on 
beer like it's our baby mm-hmm. all the time and not pushing anything uh, to be finished before it's actually finished so that we have the best product in, mm-hmm. in market. Can you tell me more about that? Finish before it's actually finished? So there's certain parts of uh, fermentation cycle that you want to pay attention to. One, one that we really pay attention to is diacetyl. We, we do uh, diacetyl tests on our uh, beers daily. almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want that flavor. It's like a buttery flavor. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, not really. Okay. I'm, I'm learning. It's, it's a product of the yeast. If you Different temperatures will dissipate the... Uh, will cause it to dissipate like so we do a diacetyl rest where we let the yeast go up in temperature as it's fermenting and then um it'll eat up get rid of that uh diacetyl and then as you crash the beer that flavor will no longer be in there some beers we like to have it in there most beers is not something we want to have it's that like uh, we want to make sure it's carbonated the right way we want to make sure uh fermentation is complete all those things we don't we don't we don't rush anything. And how do you ins- you know help ensure that beers really kind of pass the taste test of your biggest critics, your customers? Anybody can take this. Uh, that's easy. It, like as Jake was saying, we're spending a lot of time tasting a beer every day and kind of on, honestly almost agonizing over it. So we feel that we're actually our harshest critics. Like. A lot of times, I, maybe it's a little neurotic. It's rare we're completely happy with something. We can always feel we always feel it can be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So when we're happy with it, we feel the customers are going to enjoy it quite a bit. Oh, great. Let's see. What makes what would, what would you say? Obviously, you guys are a great team. You work together. What would you say the best quality of you guys as a team are? Anybody, Kyle? You want to answer that one? Uh, sure. <laughs> this would be good. Honestly, as far as the team goes, it's uh, we operate well together. Mm-hmm. We can come in, say what what needs to get done today, and we can piece off and say I, I'm going to take care of the mash. I'm going to I'm going to start working on this tank so it's ready. We need these beers kegged, so this person's going to go keg the beers. We we function well. We don't always have to be you know our hands don't have to be held. We know what needs to be done, and we just move and get it done. And that's honestly, I think, one of our strongest. Yeah, there's never really slack to pick up. Never slack. I would, I would say the opposite. We're always trying harder to, to push ourselves further. You see, communication is a high key point. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we try to communicate constantly and and just move together and make sure everything is done properly. Right. Right down to cleaning the floors. Right down. Oh, okay. Griff, I've got a quick question for you. So, since I think you've been with uh, Friendship from the Start, is that correct? That is correct, yes. All right. What would you say to somebody looking to start a brewery or operation like this, starting small, working their way up? What would advice, you know, key piece of advice you'd give to them? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Um, you know, I would say do exactly what Jake's doing. You know, Jake has got a brewery in planning. He knows what he wants to do and stuff, but yet he's getting the experience first. And, you know, it's important. A lot of people can be great brewers, but they're terrible at business. And that is not a good combination. You have to be good at both. So you have to understand that brewing is a business. It's not just for fun. It's not for your buddies to drink anymore. 
it, it grows into something that's a lot bigger. And so all of a sudden you got to start thinking about HR law. You got to start thinking about a lot of different things that you didn't think of before as a home brewer. So if you're looking to make that jump, get with the brewery, work with them, spend time with them a year, two years, understand what the business aspect is and stuff, and then make the move, open up your brewery, because then you'll know what to expect. And you'll also be so much more prepared for all the challenges and stuff you're going to have on the business side. All right. Thanks. That's some great advice. Um, I hope anybody listening is picking up on that that helps plan on doing this, starts finding their, I guess, a, a mentor to work with initially. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. A little bit of fun here. I Right now, I've been happily sipping on, uh, which beer is this? Yeah, it's the FYI okay. lager. Can, oh, it's FYI logger. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to give the hand the mic, so it just wasn't working. Uh, FYI logger, uh, this is a kind of a flagship, or I think that's what somebody mentioned to me. It is, okay. and, and I'm going to let Sean talk more about that beer. This was uh, something that I believe him and Jake put together and Kyle at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, FYI, uh, this is our, our take on American Light Lager. Kind of trying to, I don't want to say appeasing the uh, Bud Light crowd, but trying to convert them yeah yeah you know, a bridge gap I'm so you know <laughs> your stock american lager pilsner malt pretty generous amount of corn but where we kind of diverge is we do a fair bit of flavor hops in there so it's not just kind of bland corn water it has a little bit of a nice like bright citrus note a little bit of floral note it's still it's smooth clean crisp it's not bitter it's easy to drink but it just gives you that little added complexity just to make it interesting to drink I mean, perfect for mowing the lawn. Ah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's easy drinking. That is definitely sure. What is your favorite beers available today here? Which one, your one favorite. You had to pick uh, one. I get, one I, get, I get that question a lot. So as a parent, you may have a favorite child, but you don't tell people. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I want everybody to know. I want everybody to know. What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite right now is uh, Mall. Tell us about it. It's uh, Bob Brandt's, uh, one of the uh, founder, original guys, original brewers up here. It's his recipe for uh, German Hellas. And I actually got to meet, or I got to brew that with him. Uh, and we uh, fermented it in one of our fooders for a few weeks and then finished it out in a bright tank. And so it's just got a kiss of the fooder on it. I think it turned out perfect. Delicious. Oh, yeah. fooder. Uh, it's a big oak from fermenter. It's, ours are 50. I think ours are 15 that. barrels and yeah, it's just a, a wooden vessel that you ferment beer in, just like a stainless steel, but instead you're getting the oak characters from the wood. So you are, the, the oak is exposed to the beer? Yes. Fancy looking yeah. field drum covered in oak. Okay, great. Yeah, I see it over here. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Our fooders are actually made by a local company called Fooder Crafters in St. Louis. Uh, this is Missouri White Oak. So like talking about like sourcing things locally i mean these are locally made missouri oak i mean and they're i would say probably one of the preeminent fooder makers worldwide i mean they sell these things around the globe they're considered some of the best out there so that's great to know thank you uh and kyle actually oh go ahead one one quick comment on that uh follow up so missouri oak i don't know if you know this or not but probably about 90 percent of all the liquor that's aged in this world is done with Missouri oak. And that's why there are so many cooperages down in the southern part of Missouri and stuff in the Ozarks and stuff because our oak is very, very sought after. There's only one other place that even comes close to us, and they don't really come close, but the the other one is in France. 
And so they have French oak and then they have Missouri oak. And so if you go to Jameson, for instance, and go through the distillery, they'll tell you that 90% of everything they get comes from right here in Missouri. So that's how good the oak is here in Missouri. It's great. Thanks for the share. Um, Kyle, uh, what's your favorite beer? Here. <laughs> here. Specifically. <laughs> Genuinely a difficult question to answer, like Sean's diplomatic response. <laughs> I have seasonal favorites that when something comes on, I'll jump to. I guess one of my absolute favorites is actually the FYI uh, year-round. That beer is just crushable. But that's kind of cutting me up the knees because we have a lot of great variants that I would love to jump on. Uh, we have a couple in the tank now that I'm ready for that won't be ready for a little bit. Oh, okay. Thanks. And then finally, Griff, do you guys have any uh, upcoming events or promotions you'd like to let us know about? We, we do. So we, we have our grand opening that's coming up that's going to be at the end of July. But in August, uh, we're actually doing the Guild's collaboration beer. So the Missouri Craft Brewers Guild has, I think, about 42 breweries now that, that are signed up for the Guild and gives us representation in Jeff City. They've done a fantastic job for us. Every quarter, we brew a new beer. And so it's all, it changes places. And so our place is actually on the list to do it next. And so we're going to be brewing the first part of August and releasing in September. So look for that beer to come out. It's going to be uh, um, hopefully uh, one of the one of the best beers, you know, that, that we can put out there. Since it's going to have statewide exposure, we want it to be the best. So, and so everybody hears that. What's the name of that beer again? So it's called Missouri Loves Company is, is the name of it. And so look for it. Um, all your, your uh, guild breweries are going to have it. They'll, they'll all carry it. Some of your bottle shops, like Beer Sauce Shop and things like that, they'll carry it as well. And then as far as uh, other events, we have what we call our Friendtoberfest, which is our version of Oktoberfest that's going to happen in September. And so late September, we have a really good, we have German beers on, we have a really good German bat. We always look forward to it because it's such a great time, and it, it, it's a huge event for us. And then following right after that, the very next month in October, we have our annual Halloween contest and, and uh, bash. And so that'll be done the last Saturday of October. And we have all sorts of events and prizes and things like that that we award. And so it's a lot of fun as well. Is that all held on your patio area? or? So they're held at different locations. Friendtoberfest this year is going to be here at Flint Hill at mm -hmm. this location. And our Halloween party is going to be actually over at our original location on Pittman in Wentzville. Okay, great. Thanks a lot. So, um, again, thank you, Griff, Kyle, Sean, and Jake. I look forward to sampling many more of your beers in the future. And if anybody listening, come check out this place. It's big. It's got a bar, restaurant side. You can see that we can watch them live brewing. It, doesn't, it's, it definitely is here to impress. Thanks again. Yeah, uh, I hope uh talk to you guys again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks. <laughs> good. <laughs> All oh, right. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to Harvest of Poor, the business of beverages with Matthew Shep. Check the show notes for our guest contact information and connect with Matthew Shep on LinkedIn today.